what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, innovators, CEOs, producers, artists, people in and around the world that are in their thing, they're on their vibe. Uh, They do not believe in the status quo. They are definitely against the grain. They do their own thing, uh, as all of you do who are listening. And every week we bring on guests that are very much the same way. And why do we do that? Because they we don't glamorize or glorify the journey i always say that you know or excuse me glamorize or glorify and success it's anything but that we bring out the journey and that's what's most important um in you understanding that everybody is building something and our guests uh, i'm very grateful come on every week to talk about you know what are they experiencing in real time what's happening as they're building something that they really truly believe in just like all of you guys and you see that it's all about humanizing that entrepreneurial journey that creative journey right and this week is no different i've got an incredible show two amazing guests that are in from la and we're going to get into it here in one second and the theme that we're going to be talking about is creating what you want for yourself if it doesn't exist and also being transparent in the process. Uh, they probably don't know, but I added that part on <laughs> at the end <laughs> because I think that, um, you know, in this life, um, it is our, it's about our, us stepping into our greatest purpose, right? And who we really are. And so uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm Matt Gossman. For those of you that don't know and that are newer to the show, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We've been growing uh, at some of the highest rates that we've had in the last four years. So I truly appreciate each and every one of you guys. Plus, you guys constantly keep interacting with all of our guests. And I also appreciate that. Please go support them. Go check out what they're doing. Go check out their art. Go check out their 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 clothing go check out their products their services these guests are truly like in in it and about it and doing their thing and if you guys want to continue to interact with me online you guys can go to at matt goddessman on instagram at hdf magazine we have a lot of conversations over there about entrepreneurship and the journey and at hustle sold separately you guys know i have answered each and every one of your texts messages dms you name it for the past six years straight i have not stopped i don't plan on stopping i won't ever stop that's just the way it is uh and i truly appreciate you guys so we're gonna get into it today i've got two guests samantha goodstadt and Haley white they're comedy writers content creators co-founders of don't call me mommy studio Uh, i think they're much more than that they're producers they're writers they're actresses they're uh, they're in it. They're entrepreneurs, and um, they're really doing amazing things out in LA. And they've got also a show coming up. We're going to talk about that here. Another show coming up, and we're going to talk about that here shortly. Let me cue up uh, their bios. Samantha is an actress, host, writer, digital influencer, content creator, and co-founder of the comedy uh, duo that I, I mentioned. Don't call me mommy. Uh, in addition to authoring her own blog, a Sam So Much, she also writes and creates content for Parents.com, Romper, Sephora.com, Mom.me, Alibaba.com, Bottle and Heels, Motherly, and more. Just a few to name. Uh, she's a published writer and regular columnist for Parents Magazine and Romper. She also has a series she created and stars in with partner Haley on Mom.me called Shit No One Told You with over 4 million views. That name should tell you something right out the gate. Uh, she's appeared on Almost Perfect Life Hacks on Awestruck Network, uh, where one episode has over 42 million views, was featured in Forbes magazine, and is one of LA's mom influencers to watch. Samantha and her partner Haley um, 
from Don't Call Me Mommy have a, uh, a new 40 episode series called Literally Obsessed for FabFitFun. You guys may remember FabFitFun when we had them on. That's launching soon and I have a previous series with them called Sorta Awesome Mom Hacks. And uh, they also have a series on Parents.com starring uh, Nick um, uh, Vial uh, from The Bachelor called Vial uh, from The Bachelor yeah. called uh, Before and After Big News. Sam is appearing in a new shot for Telly called Off Duty, which I was just about to mention is coming up on this Thursday. Her and Haley, their show. Uh, stay tuned for that. And then Haley is a comedy writer, actress, and director. Um, she's passionate about bringing women together. Uh, these two clearly do that together for sure. Um, she's a co-founder, as I mentioned, of Don't Call Me Mommy. And um, she the the uh, they create a comedy about mom life, right? Uh, which I had mentioned with the shit no one told you, um, which I, I feel was probably a conversation that needs to happen. It's going to happen on this podcast as well, too, because... Um, when you're an entrepreneur and you are creative and you are a content creator and you're running a household. Now, I don't have a household per se of children, but when you're doing all of these things and you're trying to build a life, it's a lot of work. And these conversations aren't always happening on media. So these two are having them. So that's why I'm really stoked about this. Uh, Haley's also a columnist and a published writer on Romper as well. Parents and Hey Mama. Um, her comedy can be seen on Parents, Fabit Fun, Hello Giggles, Funny or Die with the various content partners and brands. Uh, and then she's got her award-winning digital comedy series, Dated, uh, was hailed as the Seinfeld for Women. Sam and Haley are launching their own comedic talk variety show, as I mentioned, off-duty, this Thursday, which you will be listening to Woo! this episode right now when this launches. So go check that out immediately. Uh, did I do you both justice? Thank you for being uh, here. I mean, <laughs> you make it sound so great. I was Thank you. You are yeah. important. You are oh, great. Oh, my God. We're Shocking. so happy to be here. You are great. You guys are doing incredible Such a things. Fan of what you're doing too. Thank yeah, you. It's so important to have these conversations about the journey, and not enough people are doing it, and you're doing it so so well. Thank yes. you, and thank we're honored you. to be here today. Absolutely, thank you for being here. I appreciate and and in person and in the studio, which I love. Um, I always start off the show with the the same question for everybody, and then from there we can go whatever direction we we want to because we can. <laughs> and the first one, and for each of you, whoever wants to go first, is. How did we get to here? Because for the context of talking about this theme, you know, create if, if it doesn't exist, create it, which I'm a, I'm a fan of. I've done all yeah. of this stuff that you're seeing is is what I did as well, too. Um, and I think that scares the shit out of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And um, because where do you begin? Right. Mm -hmm. But for context, let's go back to how we got here for each of your story. Sure. Um I mean, start like literally starting from as far back as you want to go. So, wow. One person the went womb? to. We're going to be here for like 19 hours. I'll do Some, my Cole's notes. Somebody actually did go as far back as the Big Bang Theory. You can go back that far if you want, but <laughs> no, right. you can. You we'll can. spare you guys. <laughs> I mean, those I'll start. I'll, I'll go. I'll go quick. I'll start where it began, which was actually yeah. I was five years old and I was at um, day camp, and there was a girl there named Kim who's still an actress in LA, but we are in Canada, which is where I'm from in Toronto. My mom's a teacher. My dad's a lawyer. No one in entertainment in our whole family. Um, and I came home and I said to my mom, I want to be in commercials because this little girl, Kim, had been in commercials. And my mom was like, what? And so she signed me up for like this modeling acting class. And I started booking like commercials and my parents thought it was really silly. So they put me in uh, like drama. Am I saying it very Canadian? In, in drama class. And through that, I just started taking like acting and dance. And I was also a tennis player. I was a competitive tennis player. So it was kind of my childhood. And that was my first experience working professionally. And then I stopped. 
And around the age of 14, I got an agent and I started booking modeling jobs, commercials. I started getting involved in theater. Um, I took, you know, hip hop and jazz and I was just in it. Um, and at this point, I had been playing competitive tennis um, at a very competitive level in Toronto. And I quit when I was 17, just as I was getting scouted um, at American schools, which is kind of the goal when you're playing tennis at that level. And I really committed to wanting to do sort of this art life very, you know, full time. So I went to film school because I wanted to learn all of it. I didn't want to go to acting school because I'd already been working professionally since I was a teenager. And I learned how to create and tell these stories from all angles. At film school, I got to learn how to operate a camera. I had a Bell & Howell like self-winding army camera that I started using on day two. I learned how to cut and splice real film you know, not on a computer, even though we had all that, this is the way they taught it at our school. I learned how to tell a story from the beginning, like screenwriting. I, I, I learned all of it. And I quickly realized I enjoyed like putting together a film. So I started streaming as a producer right away and acting and everything. Um, I didn't have a desire to direct, although I tried everything. I liked editing, but again, I didn't stream as that. And during this time, I continued to book TV and film jobs. Um, and right out of college, I created a film called Shiva. And it was a comedy based on a real story um, where this woman goes around um, to all these Shivas to meet a man because she's lonely. And it was a comedy. And Bravo Network in Canada picked it up. Um, they gave us half of our budget back, which was incredible. And they aired it on TV. And, you know, at the time I was mm, 21. And it was amazing. And then my fourth year film got into a film festival in L.A. And I actually came down and that's when I was like, I am moving here. I came back from that experience. My film screened at two different festivals. And I came down with my friend from film school. And I was like, this is where I'm going to be one day. And I came home and my mom was like heartbroken. And at this point, I'd actually met a guy. And we started dating. And he's now my husband. And, uh, you know, I sort of stumbled around Toronto for the next two years with L.A. in my head. And I was still working. And I, I also remember a pivotal moment where I worked on a TV show that was on the CW. And I was a small part, but I was in a couple episodes of a show called Tarzan at the time. And um, I, I spoke to an actor that was our top level. Like, he was like the John Hamm of Toronto at the time. Like, he was Damn. just on. He was like a handsome series regular on a big show in Canada that didn't air anywhere else but in Canada. And he bartended when the show was on hiatus. And I just remember being like, damn, there's a ceiling here that I'm going to hit pretty quickly. Um, at the, you know, the industry was different at the time too. And I realized I had to get my O one visa and like give it a try to come to LA. Um, so I got my papers. I got a movie deal that, you know, I was excited about. And I got a manager that I will tell that story. <laughs> Because I, my, my agent in Toronto signed me with um, a manager and I thought I had it set, right? I went down. Turns out I was represented by the manager's assistant. So that was my first foray into LA. I was so excited. I got cast in this like thriller. I die in the first scene. So I got <laughs> flown to Vancouver and I told everyone I'm in this movie. It's like a blink and you miss it part. And that was sort of my introduction to LA. I booked a few things right when I moved here, but 
all of this setup I had in my head and this dream that I had felt crushed as soon as I got here. I realized I'm, you know, I'm repped by the manager's assistant. I'm dying in the first scene of all these films. I'm flying out to all these places to like shoot one scene. I actually was in a movie that I told everyone about and I'm edited out. Like I had all those experiences, right? All those experiences. And I, you know, I shot a bunch of commercials. I was doing voiceover. I, it, it was, it was fine. I did a, a, a play that I'm like so embarrassed to admit in North Hollywood that my husband came to see and he was like, "Please never do this again." We've all done plays. We're embarrassed of you know, North Hollywood. It, Sam. It, it, all the expectations I had coming out here, I, I felt crushed. And my husband had a job he went to every day. And I remember going to like this restaurant called the Coral Tree in Brentwood and sitting there waiting for auditions to come in. And like just sitting at my computer looking at like all the casting things waiting for my agents no sorry my manager's assistant to email me and just feeling really depressed and thinking like i have all of this stuff in me to give and i'm not getting even a chance to get in the room and that's that feeling i had that felt very soul crushing to me and i you know i tried to get creative i actually took some jobs hosting um I just started to find other ways to be creative. I was in an acting class that felt really good. You know, the years kind of whizzed by and I was working, but none of it felt soul satisfying, if that makes sense. And cue to me getting pregnant with my first kid at 30. And that's an age too, where you kind of like, I think those big milestone ages where you kind of reset and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Am I going to go back to school? Am I going to quit this business? Am I going to do whatever because I'm about to have a kid and like wow my whole world's about to change and it was at that point that I made a decision that I'm going to create my own shit and nobody's going to tell me that I have permission to be creative and it was like this pivotal moment I remember I said to my husband I'm like I'm going to just start creating my own brand and my own shit and it took some time I actually took a job at Nylon Magazine in the meantime, and I, you know, got to direct. I got to produce. I think I shot over like 180 videos over my couple of years I was there, like short videos. I got to interview bands and meet these amazing other artists. wasn't again soul satisfying, but it all kind of came together when two years ago I had drinks scheduled with a lady named Haley White, and I had a pitch meeting the next day at a place called Mom.me for um, some short digital content that I'd been pitching them. And we were both moms. Haley had a a kid a bit younger than my two boys. And she grabbed my hand and just kind of like was like, no one told me all this shit about motherhood. And I was like looking for support and therapy at that (laughs) point. We all are. I was like, Sam. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we create content. (laughs) And yeah, from we basically we I sold a show the next day in the Mm. in the room, literally called Shit No One Told You, which was our first series. And that dream that I had to create something came true. And I'd, I was building up to it. I built up a social platform the year before. I literally said to someone, I'm going to become an influencer because I realized that's the way to get in the room. And I just fucking did it. And everyone's like, how are you going to even do that? I go, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out because I realize this is the way in. This is like the gatekeeper right now, like this whole social media world. And I also launched a blog because I was writing for other people. And I was like, fuck it. Like I'm make, getting paid like nothing to write like spill my heart out on other people's blogs i'm gonna do this for myself so that was a big year i launched my blog i took my instagram off private and launched my social media platform and then a few months later Haley and i came together and started don't call me mommy and honestly like so grateful for all the opportunities that have come since then and the partnership i have with Haley because everything i wanted la to be 
and everything I wanted to create has sort of been coming to fruition now. That's, so that's that's absolutely incredible. It's been and a struggle. I, no, no. And I, I, I want to ask Haley here in a minute, but I, there was a couple of notes I was taking when you were talking that I think are just really, really important. Um, first of all, going all the way back to your craft, you were always about the craft of it. Always. When you were talking about the real film editing yeah. and diving into the details. And that's sometimes the part that people often miss. Like, mm -hmm. So signal one, you already obviously are in something that's like a greater, deeper passion and at a soul level than most people realize. Right. And I then so. um, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, you were trying to find other ways to be creative. Uh I, you said, I want to create my own shit mm -hmm. because nobody can tell me otherwise. And that's the beauty of the world that like we live in now. And you did it the right way. Um, when you said, you know, I wanted to become an influencer. I, I actually look at it as the next step up as an influential person by doing the work and creating and actually showing people like, hey, here's the narrative that's not being told. And I'd rather tell that story. Mm. The reason I say that is because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm like their job is I'm going to become an influencer. You're like, no, I'm trying to get into the conversation so people can understand that this is a conversation that needs to be had. So I just, I want to put that out there that exactly. I actually look at you even Thank greater you. than the, the influence. Well, we are because of being influential from doing the work and, and creating. Right. And you're absolutely right. Cause like when you do it yourself, nobody can tell you otherwise at all what, you know, what you can and cannot create, which means you're allowed to have any conversation you want yeah. and you own 100% of the rights to it. So yes, maybe I'm a type A control freak at some portion mm. of myself, but yeah. I just couldn't stand waiting. I can't, I'm, I'm right. an impatient person by nature. I just am. And I know that about myself. And it was, cr it was crushing my being to I wait completely for someone it. to tell me I can audition. And then I had to wait for a callback and then I have to wait to even get the part. Hold on. I should be doing this role. Like it was killing me. Right. I know. I, I actually see why we relate to each other in a, in a lot of ways, but we'll get onto that yes. in a minute. Haley, how, um, so go far back as yeah. far back as you want. And then how did you, go, you know, up until the point where you guys met yeah. and obviously got here. So there I was just my, my dad's sperm met my mother's egg. No, I'm kidding. Um, and, and they got along clearly, you know, at the time. You're like, that's too far back. Um, no, I, so Sam and I have similar stories, which is interesting because we came together and I, I actually even learned a lot about your story today, but no, I mean, I was always like a wild child running around tap dancing in my basement. My dad gave me like a, you know, a piece of plywood so I wouldn't ruin the hard floors. And I had like a curtain downstairs. It was like that whole story. Um, yeah, I did theater my whole life. I did musical theater. And I knew I wanted to be an actress as a, as a young child. My parents were like, oh, great. This is going to be awesome. Um, so there I was. I, I went to film school. Um, I absolutely, like Sam, loved creating. And I got into the directing. I got into really the art of it. Like for me, like that's when I realized that I wanted to be an actress, but I wanted to create even more. Um, so we did a film in Italy after I graduated, and I was like deep in the craft. It's like when you come out of film school, you feel like you're so artsy and evolved. Oh, God. That's true, right? <laughs> so, like, so I packed in my little <laughs> Honda. Like the next Wes Anderson when you come out of film yeah, school. Yeah, you like I was like always that person like doing like the little, you know, what's this, the, the window with your fingers. Like it's going to look like this. We're going to pan right. I used to say mise-en-scene a lot, which someone should have punched me out. So And like talking about your craft all the time. <laughs> like go fuck yourself. Um, so there I was. I, sh I drove out from Texas. I went to school in Texas um, to L.A. I packed up my little Honda and I like literally arrived um, at this audition. Like I pulled into LA to audition. Um, the first audition I ever had and I booked it. It was about, like a dancing thing. I'm like, this is gonna be easy. This is gonna be so easy. 
Um, so from there, it was just a really a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, no. <laughs> you're what, not what's so interesting about my story that's different than Sam's is I had a really hard time. Um, for me, like the acting thing, I realized auditioning wasn't my thing. Like when I'm doing it and I'm in it, it's amazing, but I wasn't working and I was so frustrated. So I started looking for other things I could do. I'm great at talking to people and I love hearing people's stories. So I started working as a host for different for different platforms. I would interview, I would do press junkets and it was really fun. But at the end of the day, I'm like, where is this going to go? I'm, I'm going to be talking about like Justin Bieber's dick. Like that's not really, that's not really a career tra- trajectory I'm interested in. No, no, no. Um, never say never. So, so I did a bunch of that. There's I also, I would just, I started putting the pieces together. Like I would find people I wanted to work for. I knew I was smarter than being a waitress. And I'm like, I have to do something for my brain. So I started working for an author, Keith Ferrazzi, who I loved. And I was his editor. I taught myself how to edit, like literally working for him. Um, and then I got a job as a blogger for Lisa Vanderpump. I was her ghost blogger, which was totally bizarre as a 23-year-old struggling actress and um, I realized at that point I could write for myself. I'm like, I had never been a writer. I never planned on being, I, I had a hell of a diary. I'll tell you that much. But I never planned on being a writer. But it was at that point, I'm like, I have so much to share. And I heard Amy Poehler say, no one's going to write the perfect role for you and then cast you in it. Mm-hmm. So my roommate at the time, we used to watch Gossip Girl and just talk so much shit. And she was super funny. I'm like, let's, let's write something. So we started writing YouTube shorts at night. Um, I then started working in advertising as a writer, writing commercials. And I realized that it was just really easy for me. And and it just was so satisfying. Even though like our YouTube shorts were kind of started small, suddenly we started getting more views. Um, and once we hit like 2 million views, I'm like, oh, this is, this is where it's at for me. And my joke is that I, I quit acting, but like you can't quit if you're not really working. Everyone's like, you call your agent, like I am done. They're like, what, what was your name again? Um, I don't know you. So, so yeah, we started creating these shorts, and it, it took off. And I started. I that was basically my thing. Uh, I was writing, I was directing, I was producing, I was editing. I literally did everything. But what's hard is that you can't do everything well. At some point, you have to start outsourcing. So I, I wrote um, and directed a series called Dated, and that was while I was pr- I got pregnant in the middle of it, and I was playing like the slutty single girl. So I had to rewrite the entire show. So I'm like sitting behind a pillow, like I look a little chunky in that for good reason. Um, but during that, I literally was making a baby and a web series at the same time, and I was like, this is what I was born to do. Like this is my true path. So my baby came out, my web series came out, like literally the same time, and kind of took off and that from that I realized like we have an audience and this is there's just so much more to be done so then literally I met Sam like I mean we had known we met each other on the red carpet we were like hosts together and we connected after I had Carter and that was the moment of inception as it were seriously <laughs> and yeah I like just was like Sam no one told me any of this shit I have to write about this forget dating I thought dating was hard but this is a whole new journey and that was the moment that we started really kind of talking about this and I, and I accidentally to, started a show we didn't even have a name for a company no. like literally we sold a show we shot a show we learned a lot 
Um, and we were like, people would ask us like, what's the name of your production company? You're like, oh, oh, right. We have a business now. Like it kind of like the yeah. horse came before the buggy or whatever you want to say. Right. Or the buggy My husband like made our logo. <laughs> we're like, uh, yeah, just kind of, we literally had all these like episodes before we even had a name. We had no landing page, no website. Like we had nothing. We didn't have an Instagram account jointly. Like it was, it just kind of happened organically. No coincidences. I mean... It was pretty wild, though, because <laughs> I happen to think that nothing happens just for no reason. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I really do feel like both of us had been hustling and, and waiting for this moment. We also like on a spiritual <laughs> level, I, I feel like we figured out over the last like two years. We even were talking about it yesterday. Like we are very yin to yang with each other. And oddly, we are each similar to each other's spouses, like our personality types. Like we are figuring out like we offer, we're kind of opposites. We're opposites, but yeah. we fit together in a way that like complements the opposite skill set, which is that that's a, I think just sort of, that just happened. Like we didn't plan but even that. as we, as, as, like, as we write, like Sam is like full of all of these like ideas for our concepting, but then I go in and I like craft it and I hone yeah. it and I find the beats and it's like, we always it's, say it's like this weird art form when we come <clears throat> together. We even on our calls, we have this language with each other. I'm like, I'll go in and do the broad strokes and you go in and get those fine strokes. And like, that's how we, we just kind of get it. <laughs> yeah. We well, have this like way now. That's, that's honestly, that's why I said no coincidences. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with what you're saying that, you know, some things can just happen at random. Can they? Like, because I, I, the, it, it, we call it random, yeah. but the frequency was sent out long before you guys ever met. And if you look at your background, like you were already setting up for exactly, you were, <laughs> you, you figured out what you were good and you weren't good at. You worked for an author. You yeah. taught yourself how to edit. You worked for Vanderpump. You worked on blogs. You did all the writing. You worked in advertising. You were writing commercials. You were doing YouTube yeah. shorts. So of course you're going to eventually end up doing working, directing and producing. And it just happens to complement this woman's world over here and yeah. Sam's world, Samantha's world for like, you know, for the creative side. I mean, it, it just, it, I, I just feel that often at times, um, what's, what's meant just comes when it needs to come. Totally. You know and I, mean? I think to be honest with you, cause I want to get in deep on this. I, I, I had a really like, when I say chip on my shoulder, it was not a chip. It was like a chunk of my, I think the frustration of, of work, trying to work in a saturated market where you feel like you have so much t- to tell and so much to give. And and I was going out for like bad Budweiser girls and like dead girl number five. And I'm, I'm a character actor. And right. I think it, I had such a chip of like really being burned. It's, it's even taken me like until this year, I think to finally get over it and allow myself to come back at it with a different energy. I, you know, I want to talk about that for a second and we can you expand know, on that in, in, in relation to the theme. I feel like the chip gets you in the game. Yeah. If, if I were really being honest, I, I had the chip on my shoulder. It was six years ago. And I was literally like, fuck all this. Like everybody, nobody's listening. And nobody's, and this is before, you know, Instagram's algorithm changed and social media like was now doing what it's doing now. And they're just like, no, 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 we, you know, we're going to do it this way. And like, imagine you're working for brands and VCs and you're trying to tell all these businesses how to do stuff. And they just weren't listening. They weren't having. And and the chip was very heavy on my shoulder. It was literally like I had like my middle fingers in the air the whole time. I'm like, I'm going to show everybody what's up, like the industry. It'll get you far. It'll definitely define your hustle. I believe that. But, but. there's a but. <laughs> yeah. To really expand and be 
our greatness and do what we really came here to do, we do have to let go of the chip. Yeah. And you can't, I love talking about this. You can't work from a place of, I'm going to show them. Right. Like, like you said, you could, that will take you you in the game. That will get you, that will give you that fire to be like, I'm going to show them I can do this. I'm, I'm going to make it, you know, it's the wrong reasons. It's the wrong reasons. Your why, your why has, has this negativity and this, and this heaviness to it versus, being in a place to like want to really share from like yeah. a story you and i get deeper. back to the craft a lot like we all i think Here we, we go with we, the craft no but we recheck each other like why you know you get lost even in like the you oh, know yeah. the instagram world and, and like growth. you and i talk about and that the and then we're we sometimes are like okay we've done this this and this where are we going next like where the fuck are we going and we have to reset and like sit down and it takes a minute to realize, like, again, our why. Like, this is why we're doing this. And it resets your path and, yeah. like, gets you recharged again and, like, yeah. fired up in the right way. Well, and when you don't have a why, though, you can tell. It's, it's like you're lost. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that there's that innate – you already said it. You have that innate ability you want to create. Why wait for somebody else to tell you to do it? But we suppress it for so long, waiting on other people to tell us it's okay, yeah. that we internalize a chip that we ended up creating on our own that just gave us the excuse to actually go into the market and be like, mm-hmm. screw this, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to show everybody. And then you're right. Uh, after a while, um, it, it it won't develop the way we want it to develop if we hang on to it. So we have to chip away at our own chip and get rid of it and and eventually just like, be like, oh, wait, like now let me settle in to the narrative I always wanted to have anyways at a – you know, a higher level and then remove that, that negative tone from the why, you know, or from yeah. why mm-hmm. you're doing it and move it into like, I think we need to have some fun doing this. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it is. I think yeah. the shift for us and for me personally has been like, this is my playground. Like, let's have some fun. Let's play. Like this is, this, yes. this is just like an experiment. Everything is an experiment. We talk about that a lot too. Like yeah. it's not a failure. It's you trying something. Did it work? Maybe. Did it not work? Okay. Let's try it differently. Yeah. Let's find a different way in. Like so we've had, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's been obviously a two year trajectory and our first year was a complete learning curve of oh, what yeah. we call experimenting. Did we lose money on some stuff? Hell yeah. yeah. Did we, did some of our stuff not turn out good? Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. We learned so much and I feel like we took those lessons and it's like improved our game and kind of like now we're realizing it's okay to ask for more money on things like we Absolutely. are worth that and here's our margins and here's what we should be pitching and here here's what actually works with our audience like just figuring those things out and but like you, not being ourselves up. Yeah and like but you can't learn that until you try no. and I think I notice a lot of people getting in their own way only because I saw myself doing that for a decade. Yeah. We're talking 10 years of hustle that like I was just kept getting in my own way thinking like if it doesn't work, my life is over. If it doesn't work, I'm, I'm fucked. But the truth of it is it's like letting yourself be free of, of that type of perspective and letting yourself fail and seeing it as an experiment can change everything. Also another thing like I learned – to not take things personally and it took me a while you know I thought I had a hard shell I grew up playing competitive tennis you lose a lot like I was actually the underdog for so long all my friends were making nationals I was like the alternate you know I was training with this club of kids and I was the last one but you know what it made me like that crazy little dog like that one that like just needed to I just worked harder and I was smaller and I was I was totally the underdog and I just I made nationals I did it I got the tracksuit with the little Ontario sign and that prepared me for the acting world, I always say that because it, it gave me that grit that I was okay losing 
and it, I know that things take time, but it still didn't fully prepare me for how personal it is to audition, be in a callback, do your best, and not get the fucking role, knowing you did your best. And I would and take it personally. I was like, they don't like my hair. I'm too short. <laughs> my eyes are not the right color. And it's like, it's so personalized. Like with tennis, at least it was like my forehand sucked today or like whatever it was. You could this isolate was like it. You. It was yeah. you and your craft and your words and your creativity. And I took it so personally for so long. And only in the last few years have I had a sort of like fuck it attitude where I sort of took the stance of, <laughs> yeah, I'm the answer to the solution yep. if I am. And if I'm not, I'm not. And that's yeah. totally fine because I have something to offer that eventually is going to hit because everyone has something to offer that's amazing. Exactly. It's also kind of fun to be like, okay, well, that wasn't working. What if I just try... Like, let's just play around. What if I do the exact opposite of everything I was doing? Yeah. For me, taking it way too seriously. For me, like, I'm going to get this. Like, that did not work. <laughs> Guess what? Didn't, like, didn't get it. But now I'm like, if I'm going to just play around and have fun and, and honestly connect to, like, this journey and making it part of my power and not part of my pain, that is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do want to throw in there. By the way, I went live on all this. Oh, so yeah. I, 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 I do want to throw in there that you mentioned – the last two years. I'd like to put, uh, to put out there that it's, what, 15, 20 years plus two years? Yeah, right. I'm 15 in. So, so it's important I'm that... About, yeah, fi- yeah, 15 really. My couple years in Toronto and, I and my 12 in LA. That. I even say 10 because 15 feels like, oh God, like that's just too long. Because yeah. when, when people hear this, you know, and they, they go, oh, two years, I can start asking for, you know, I can start negotiating more. I can start doing this. I can start doing that. Hold up a second. It's 15 years of craft plus two years of coming together at a more experienced yeah. phase of your life where you're still, by the way, figuring things out from scratch. But it is different when you're playing in a in a after a long run of your own craft. Exactly. And the other thing, too, that you mentioned about, you know, when people are telling you um, stuff like, uh, you know, you can't do it this way or it should be that way and I don't like this and you're auditioning, you're, you're getting their approval. It's funny how it's no different in entrepreneurship. It's no, right. different in, it's no different in everything. A bunch of people are telling you what they can't see and it's usually a, a mirror reflection of what they're going through anyway. It's not even job-related because if it was really job-related and they really had vision, they could see already what like really mm-hmm. talented people would do, which was also my frustration. I was like, I'm going to bring on really talented people. I'm going to show the world like what talents really when the people who are really doing work what that really looks like because they're in it they see it like there's Mm -hmm. something to be said about watching people who are doing something that is in their natural talent and in their vibe it's a no-brainer like you know the the end result you know Mm -hmm. and i said how do you know how do you know the outcome i'm like just what just pay attention pay attention to like their what they're doing when they're in their craft and the people who are following them and like how it's turning out yeah. it no one can tell them otherwise I, i'm almost i feel weird out how can people not see it yes right and i think that goes back to like living 100 percent authentically like i was trying to fit myself into this mold in la where i was like the ingenue guess what i'm weird like i'm a character I, i'm like i kept trying to force myself to be something i wasn't and so when you are 100% like living in your your truth and your weirdness, I feel like that's also how mm-hmm. things start to roll out. I relate to that. I you was know? definitely like getting cast and stuff that wasn't, again, like it wasn't making me feel satisfied. Because you were dying. <laughs> I was dying. Or I was like <laughs> playing like the bitchy lawyer. How many bitchy lawyers have I played because I have brown hair? I mean, come on. Yeah. Just because, again, it's like a judgment based on 
like a stereotype that's in yeah. the business. And I mean, it, it used to kill me. I was going and doing like UCB classes and like putting stuff up on stage, but never getting that shot on camera to mm-hmm. do those roles. And it's just something powerful about like just saying, I'm not waiting for someone to say yes. And what's so cool about how things have changed on social and everything is like you have a platform and how you choose to use it is up to you. You know? <laughs> thing you want to go on that, the tear, don't you, on that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I, Haley knows it. So I, the, 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 the Instagram thing was interesting for me. I basically played this, I, I almost like played out an experiment. I had zero understanding of social media. My Instagram had like my hundred friends. It was on private. I had like pictures of my baby. Um, Facebook, again, my friends. I had zero knowledge in the space. I threw nylon. Again, I was working with all these like millennial kids and like these, like, it was like, this 21-year-old um, guy that was my intern, and his name was Jeremy, and he was doing social media for a film on the side. And I was like, Jeremy, we're going to meet for lunch. And you're going to teach me everything about Instagram, and you're also going to manage my Instagram over the next while and help me. I'm going to take it off private. We're going to st- strategically grow it to 10K this year from 100. This was like my goal, and I said it. And I was ridiculous. I started like doing pictures and like with a with like a, a like a color science um, <laughs> brush with sunscreen and it looked sponsored. It was just me fucking taking pictures. I had done modeling, right? Hashtag. So I just shot my own modeling photos the way I wanted to in my voice and I just started putting them out there and people thought I was an influencer. <laughs> people thought I was doing sponsored posts and then brands started reaching out to me. Like that's how I started. It was total smoke and mirrors. I was doing this experiment, taking control, taking the reins. Again, I was so tired of going on print castings that paid me shit that I was like driving an hour Same. across town to take a Polaroid or whatever, to take a digital photo and then leave and then maybe book a job, maybe. And I'm like, I just drove an hour. Like I could have sent you a photo of me. Seriously, do you think I look different yesterday than I did? Like seriously? So I did that and like that was sort of how I started my Instagram. And I know Haley love sometimes making fun of mine i do i love making fun of influencer culture but i also think why is ridiculous no but why i love sam and also why i deeply respect you though but sam is a brilliant writer actress producer and and it's not like she's just out there influencing right right So my biggest thing with influencer culture is like have something you're doing like exactly what you said be influential like be about something have a message that is what we're about that's what we're here for so that's I just it's that but you You know what I mean I hacked the system and just did it because again it was one of those things where I was like I don't have a platform right now and you know what it was also I went to I I was in an acting class and a casting director came in and she's like we just cast our new like this movie from Marvel and we cast a YouTuber in it and I remember sitting there and it was a class full of like actors like that had gone to like theater school and we're working actors that we're all struggling you know we're in an acting class like we're all looking to improve and figure and we were meeting a casting director and the second they said that that's when that thing went off in my head and I was like cool YouTube's too saturated I'm gonna do Instagram like that was like an immediate strategic thing that went off in my brain and I went home and that's when I got Jeremy to go for lunch with me I owe Jeremy a lot gotta find Jeremy Jeremy. but but you know in in fairness it is different from then where you first started (laughs) right like um Instagram you were you were already a content creator. Like you, yes. fi- you figure it out. Like <laughs> I'm going to use con- meaning there are people now who are like, we already talked about this. 
I want to become an influencer. And then they start doing this like where they put sand behind their head like as if they're at the beach but they're really in their backyard. And right. No, no. You, I you, yeah, you, I were, you were using it as a resume of like let me yes. create content and show how I create content so that the people who find you yeah. that was that's still different though. Like, But but I, I do think it's funny about the whole influencer oh culture. My God. I, I look, so I, good. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know either. I, I mean, I was a digital consultant for like all these beautifully big brands like Louis Vuitton and Mo and Hennessy, and I would help them set up, do things with their social. But I never actually did it for my own social, so I didn't know either. Like I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna like I had my breakdown, and I'm like, I'm gonna just talk to the world. Yeah, and, I learned so much. And it's interesting how because you have people who reach out all the time, like, how did you do it? I'm like, well, it's social networking. They're like, yeah, and I'm like, so you're social, and you network. <laughs> so I basically talk about content i find other people who are talking about the same conversation i might promote them mm -hmm. giving because it's like why not connect they're doing cool things yeah and then we promote each other and that's how life you know just kind of grows on its own on social media whereas everybody else is like i want to game the system i'm gonna yeah. do this i'm gonna do that i'm like then you're missing the whole point <laughs> just be my whole thing is like be about something and make sure that mm -hmm. you're really well trained in your craft I do believe there's a bubble that's gonna pop because we're all looking at how many followers yeah, they have talk about that all the time and if you don't if you're not trained in what you do then it doesn't matter because you can have all the followers and you get the job but then if you can't show up and kill it then it's like See, th that's doing? so that's a perfect point right in that the our platforms allow us to create and prepare for where we are heading. Mm -hmm. So when we get there, of course we can kill it and crush it because we'd already been doing it, mm -hmm. just not your way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Now, so for you guys, when you started having the, you know, deciding on the content, like, you know, you guys are at this pivotal point, you're saying, hey, um, I want to have this conversation because it's not being had. Like, like you know shit that they don't tell you yeah walk walk the audience through that like what you know because i i, I of course it's going to do well because that's again the lack of vision industry has when you know oh no no, no we want to curate everything like no actually the truth <laughs> does way better <laughs> so the the weird thing is that i never i never planned on this being the thing that would take off like uh, it usually to, isn't the thing that we plan on it, it totally <laughs> to me it was therapy it was cheaper than therapy like, yeah. that is the truth yeah, I, I same yeah i was <laughs> in it and i'm like this is insane and also i just kept looking for things online that felt like they were relatable mm -hmm. and i there wasn't anything and i'm like this is some raw shit also as a comedy writer i'm like comedy is pain and motherhood is rife with comedy oh, with pain it writes itself it, and it does and it's like i don't even have to like the joke is just living it right yeah. right <laughs> And like I watch a lot of I watch a lot of shows. I watch mm -hmm. comedy, but I also watch like so many genres. Like I love crime, true crime. I love Lifetime. Um, <laughs> and I was watching a lot of what was out there. And for me, something that's driven me always since I, I went to film school was creating something that I hadn't seen before. Like the one thing that irks me is just recreating something that's already out there, doing yes. it in, a, you yes. know, like I can't stand it. So what I enjoy about what we're really trying and Haley's on the same page is again finding these real truths and conveying it in a way that we haven't seen done before yes. that we hope is super relatable yeah like 
pull back that fluffy curtain. The but, like, satisfaction the, all is the in perfect, that. like, Facebook photos of, like, you're a new baby. Yeah, like, <laughs> Don't even get like, me started. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to see, I want to see what that's, like, the yeah. moment before you shot it. I want to see the breakdown of when the baby's literally shitting his pants that's all over you. That's the photo I want to see. And what I realized was, like, okay, this is the stuff that I feel like women also need as a part of, like, yeah. a way to to heal through all the traumatic stuff. And, I mean, it's amazing too. It's amazing and not, too. And not, not have to put up a facade of being like yes. this perfect parent and like, oh, okay, everybody literally deals with shit. Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I, I like also like scooping it out of the bathtub in your hands. <laughs> and I think eventually, you know, we found our niche in this parenting space for sure. But I think eventually we're going to like move our way out of just this space. And I think... In, oh, yeah. in the end, it's it's about like, I know we also talk about relationships a lot. We've both been in relationships for a long time. There's a lot of pain in it, but there's also a lot of comedy under that or above that pain, under that pain. And so I know that like that's something that anyone in the world can relate to. Everyone in the world has been in some sort of relationship. And really what we're doing, whether it's a relationship with your child, with your family, I think at the heart of it, we are really like really wanting to tell these stories about relationships and and right you know right now we're in this parenting space but I think there's so much room to grow because I, I think a lot of people are feeling these things oh yeah they're just not saying them we don't talk about it and these yeah. are like things when you don't talk about them they become quite painful and traumatic but when you we're can only as sick as our secrets that's yeah. from my therapist oh, thanks Stacey <laughs> and I think there's a lot of freedom in telling these stories and again we like to tell them through comedy but I think however you tell these stories there's a lot of freedom in connecting people everywhere who can relate yes. there's nothing better i know for me than when i see something out there where i'm like fuck thank you yeah that happened to me Relief. and i feel yeah. better knowing i'm i'm not the only person on this universe that's feeling this and if we can get that at the root of our stuff then like fuck job's done yeah well, that's, it's right conscious comedy that's what it is conscious it's comedy that's conscious pretty... comedy and for me comedy for healing yeah like that is what it that's our why that yeah. it, we're not making for... fun of anyone we're not like no. we're not it's never mean and never snarky no, we're not mean because there's a well, lot of comedy out there that's very snarky well, we're and mean that's to ourselves, not there's, there's yeah. a lot of there's <laughs> working a, on that there's a lot of comedy in truth that's the other part too that like I, I was watching i was watching Dion cole's uh you know on netflix uh he his whole thing is like the truth the the comedy in truth like the things that people you know like the common sense yeah. and how people are behaving against it you yeah. know and you say and dave Chappelle does that really well oh, as well yeah. too but i also like what you were bringing up um about uh having that conversation uh because that i mean it's been the basis of the podcast too is that yep. normally um you get a bunch of people uh podcasts were no in my opinion they were no different than what you were seeing on like e-news and every and cnn and all this other, like tell us how awesome you are and your millions yeah. your millions of dollars in, in your acquisition and yeah. and yeah. oh you seem so balanced and the previous 20 years when you were through a fucking depression like can yeah. you talk about that i would be curious you know so oh yeah i feel like um it's important to show that even the people who society might already deem as made it or people who you know are are publicable or are out there building on their craft that they are just as human as any of us as yep. anybody listening that are going through something and i think when you start to have that narrative you also get to have people start to go you know what i'm not really alone and mm -hmm. you know what i can do whatever i really want to do yeah and i just got to get out of my head just like these people got out of their head yeah. and if i do need to find people there's already a community waiting and that's the thing it's like you can still even be in your head like one thing that I realized was like, do it scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
uh, show up when you're scared. So I used Daily. To get, <laughs> I used to get stage fright. Like, I, I, I would have... Uh, you know, I'm I'm a comedy girl, but I, it was really hard for me to go up and get comfortable. And I realized, so just embrace it. Like, do it scared. And if my hack also for all those who are listening for public speaking was, if I'm 100% present, I'm not worrying about what right. could happen. I'm so not true. worrying about the past. If you are 100% present in the moment, it's actually impossible to be scared yep yeah because there's no past there's no future you're just in boom it. right life hack boom i got it recorded too yes. so you're <laughs> no you're you're absolutely right i think when you're when you're completely present um you're you're aware like you can feel you can be yourself mm-hmm. you're having just a conversation public speaking isn't so much about like if you're making it about it's them and it's me and i've got to be this and i've got to be that you're that's anxious driven so uh-huh. that's few future future exactly. you know and if you break it down to like I'm in front of a lot of people. We're just going to have a conversation. It's And I even say that even with the podcast, it's like all we're doing is we're having, we're just recording our coffee conversations so that the rest of the world can hear it. Exactly. We would be saying this stuff over over coffee. Might totally. as well record all this shit. Yeah. Right? And that vulnerability is how people connect, you know? Yes. Like I'm big into like Brene Brown and all that. But she, Absolutely. I, I've learned a lot just like listening that I used to hide this story. I, I almost felt like, oh, well, I failed as an actress. Like who am I to be here now, you know? And it's, but that's part of our power. Like I think that some of that, those really painful things that have happened are actually part of what's so beautiful. And I almost find there's a, a motivation. I mean, you know, I, I think collectively anyone can say if you live life, you've been through some really hard, dark times. And I'm a pretty private person, but it's when I start opening up, whether it's through my content or um, like, like here's an example. I had, when I was pregnant with my second kid, I had skin cancer um, that I had to get taken off and it was pretty traumatizing. It was like basal cells so it wasn't the kind that can kill you but it was still like a very traumatic thing to go through and I'm the kind of person that I have to get through the thing and then I can digest it and put it out there yeah and I wrote like a few posts for different magazines about it and it was like for skin cancer awareness I was like 33 years old and and I lived in Canada I was like what but it was through putting it out there that man did I get so many conversations flowing back and forth how many people had gone through it that were like embarrassed scared felt alone felt like they did something wrong and didn't wear something like all of it and I just think like that drives me too and there's things that I can't wait to share down the road through our content that I think will hopefully bring women together and people together and you know that's what drives me because I again I went from being super private to feeling like I can put the stuff out there in a way that feels comfortable and that yeah, I'm so proud of you. I, 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 I'm out there. I definitely share <laughs> everything. Shocking, I know. No, but that's that's. I had. Um, I recently shared about having like postpartum anxiety. No one talks about the anxiety part of it. They talk about the depression, and it was interesting. I had I had a message, a DM, and she was like, "You have no idea how much I needed to hear this. I am suffering. I am mm-hmm. in the darkest of dark times, and it's it's debilitating. And no one talks about this ever. And I didn't realize that it would like really have that effect. But we connected over that too. Mm -hmm. I felt so alone when I had that because people talk about postpartum depression. But like that's something 100% we have to make something about postpartum anxiety because it is something that is so real and you feel like you've lost your mind. Yeah. It's like you trying to do the rap with a baby like 18 different times like that with the YouTube and you're just like crying and shaking and you can't leave the house but you don't know why. Motherhood is, you know, it's there's so many things in life that are isolating but that's just one of them. 
and you have to go through a journey that feels like you're on your own for a while and you have to like come to terms with it and figure yes. out who you are in that there's anxiety in that too so you much like a, anxiety you have like a little just like nugget just constantly attached to your boob i'll be honest matt it's pretty weird even for me <laughs> you know I, <laughs> no one I, told me about that i don't have a little nugget attached to my boob yeah uh, but <laughs> it was anxiety <laughs> no no um but i'm two things i want to bring up one i'm glad you bring up about the anxiety part because um, people also think that we don't go through it just because yes. we're out there and creating uh -huh. stuff. I This year has actually been my most flow. Um, I think mm -hmm. I've only maybe had maybe one panic attack early in the year. I'm, I have no problem being open about it. But previous years at, at different times, it would come on like that without Did even... Did you have panic attacks without, a lot? Yeah, no, no, no. I see. That's just growing up. I didn't. But um, but as you, you put yourself out there and as you do your own healing, shit floats to the surface. Of that's it. And when it does, um, you, you know, you can't like, like Dr. Joe says, like you can't necessarily control a panic attack because no. it's actually coming from a past related thing that you, you, you don't know when it's going to come because mm -hmm. it's coming from a, a pre-recording, right? Until all of a sudden it, it happens and you're like, all right, I'm going to work through this. But I'm glad you bring that up because yeah, you have to work through why that even exists. But the, of course, the more we work on our own work and our healing, yeah, now like, it's just like, I, I now I'm, I'm much more prepared for things that come that even before they come, I'm like, oh, I had already seen it, I already felt it. Like and and but I'm already you're already in your embodiment of your truth. The other yeah. thing I wanted to mention too, when you we were talking about um you said for women and then you said for people. Yeah. And I like that you said for people because while the platform, you know, uh might be initially for women, and you earlier talked about the bigger vision, if yeah. you will. Yes. Um I thought that was really cool because um I I, do, I mean, no disrespect. I think it's great that we have, there's groups for men, there's groups for women. I've just, I've always been very inclusive. And all people, all genders, all everything are going through the same shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. And if people yeah. have to have their man cave for the men and women have to have their things for the women, like I get it, but I think it'll be beautiful to watch all of them come together. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to be looking out for when you guys do content for that as well, too. And, and I'll be there with you guys doing themes. it. And you know? we actually have a sketch we're dying to do because, again, like, I think relationships are the most universal. Yeah. Like, everyone, no matter what language you speak, wherever you live in the world, you're in forms of relationships. It could be with your mom, yeah. with a loved one, yeah. with whatever it is. We all know what relationships are. Yeah. And we all know they're fucking hard. And that you have to tend to them and that they go up and down and that they cause the most pain and trauma and that they can cause the most joy and happiness that way. It's like it's so up and down and it's the most universal leveling thing. And we feel driven to, you know, well, expand into and, that. And I love I love that you're bringing this up, too, because we started in this just kind of by accident, as yeah. you found out, like, yeah. just but I realized that it was the entry. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just the entrance. That's it. And I'm like, I actually feel like men are being left behind uh -huh. right now. Um, Thank you. Watching, yeah. I, actually, this is something I love talking about. Uh, watching um, my brother's journey, my my husband's journey. Um, I've just noticed that we're also men, mothers of men. Men, yeah, we're boy moms. We're but, boy moms, but men never were able to be sensitive. In my generation, growing up, they had to be tough. They couldn't mm -hmm. cry, and and the sensitivity is is the realness. And I think that right now, and we're in this amazing empowerment part. But I do feel like men are being left behind right now mm -hmm. because they were never able to to really be themselves and now they're having to go deep and figure it out and it's just it's our job to I think really start well, to empower them as well I get scared as a boy mom sometimes because there's all these like holidays for girl moms there's like 
like National Daughter Day, Girl Empowerment Day. And I'm like, like, what about the boys? What about the boys? Like, I'm trying to raise two fucking good humans that are empathetic and sensitive and respect men and women. Like, yeah, they have to respect women, but they fucking have to respect men too. And respect themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like there's, as a person raising two future men, like, there's been a shift in our society and like, yeah, I'm a woman and awesome. I love everything that's going on, but I feel like we are leaving men behind and their stories. And I just feel like that has to kind of rise up too. M- may I? Yes. May I on this topic? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, um, I'm glad you're bringing this up, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, um, there are, there's a lot of good men, so I'm going to change that narrative for any woman listening Amen. right now. There's actually a yep. lot of good men. My circle wakes up every single day, questions who they are, shows up, does the work, stays in their, you know, their humility, gets rid of the ego. How can I help? What can I do different? How can I change? So like that narrative of that there's no good men or there's not enough of them, that's that's done. Anybody listening to this, they can they can and if they have a problem with that, then you know, they need to change their whole mindset. The second thing is, is that men, luckily, we are living in a time where we're able to have more open conversations. I do approve of a lot of the, the men's groups that are that I'm seeing happen, the ones that are actually allowing to get like in touch with who they are and and have those open conversations. Vulnerability, as I've said on another podcast, is not a weakness. It's actually your primary strength. Mm-hmm. I actually find men who are not vulnerable full of shit. And I'll tell you why they're full of shit, because they can't actually say what they really think and feel, mm-hmm. that's weakness. Absolutely. That's weakness. But and that's what they were taught. That's, that's what, what they were taught. taught. So that's you what have they were to ta- go in and hack it yourself and, and realize They it. don't have the tools. I think that's they just the don't tool. have well, the tools. Well, it's, it's changed. I mean, because men are having that conversation more now, like, oh shit, like I can ask for help. You know what yeah. a, you know what a, you know what a, a man who asks for help in business becomes? Successful. <laughs> yes. I need to know what you know. If I admit I don't know something, hello, successful person teach me yeah you, you know ask. what i'm saying so so yeah. there's so the narrative is changing and then the other thing i was going to say about the the um i like what you're saying about the women not leaving the men behind um women whether they realize this is my perspective my professional opinion and personal opinion women whether they realize it or not were always way more powerful the responsibility of like the the knowingness of that sixth sense, of that intuition, of that like true divine feminine, like yeah. is powerful when it's an understanding of your emotions and you are like the backbone of, you know, of everything. Like that, um, that automatically supports a good man who's just trying to like move mm-hmm. forward in their in their pursuit of their greatness because your existence already is that. It's when we start getting down to the emotional body, that sacral chakra bullshit or that stuff where people are like thinking Ooh, from a lower chakras, you know, I love this. Yes. well, and, 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 you know, and I, I learned, I learned recently a lot about like, um, we think we meaning people, human race are operating from their heart. And that's actually uh, most often they're not, they're actually operating from a lower chakra root chakra. Yeah. The root and their sacral where like all the ego is right. So they get burned. Now I'm going to make everybody else pay or, you know, this happened to me and now I'm going to think that way. Like, no, actually that's all ego. That's all down Uh below. Open heart means you're in your truth Mm -hmm. and you can speak your truth. And I think both sexes, all sexes owe it to themselves to like, to be, to be that right. To Uh talk that way. 
Here's, that was my rant. No, 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 no. I am all in for this. Here's the difference. Feminism isn't about making men different. It's about us all and being the same. And in the same, it's like equality does not equal sameness. Like you, like what I mean is as a woman, the way that I am going to be my most powerful self is different than the way that you as a man are going to be your most powerful self. So I think it's a, it's women rising doesn't mean that men are now less than. And I think that's the conversation we need to start having. And if we don't, we're going to be in trouble because it's time for us all to come together and have and have a movement to really yeah. bring men back into the conversation. Yeah. Plus think about the level of healing that would happen yeah. if men and women were in the same room and like we're just having open conversations about shit and you're like, oh wow, is that what you really meant? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and since we're all here to deal with our own stuff, thank you for sharing, you know? It's yeah. like you can get through so much more. You know? I started bringing my husband with me to breath work and it's yeah. incredible. It's kind of like a series of breathing to oh, yeah. access your subconscious, to access like, held traumas in the body it's incredible and what I realized in these circles because she started doing co-ed circles it was just so powerful men were like I've never been able to share like this I've never had a space where I could even Mm -hmm. it's like in our society yeah in our society and in our movement to to be more powerful and we all just we started shutting out the men and and that's the issue I think it's about bringing them back Mm -hmm. in and and letting them have those experiences it's funny you say that because like I grew up I grew up with two brothers and all of my cousins were guys. So I was always the only girl in the room. And growing up in grade school and high school, all my best friends, like my two closest friends were always two, a, like a guy. Like I had two best friends that were guys. And then I had girlfriends too. But I always connected and I never felt weird or like there was a difference. And then all of a sudden I became an adult. And I remember when I became a mom, I met all these mom friends. And I was suddenly like wasn't nurturing any of my friendships with my guy friends. And a lot of them fell by the wayside. And it's only now that I'm like reconnecting. There's like a friend of mine that I hike with. It doesn't matter if he's a guy or a girl. We just connect on like a spiritual level. And I I always felt like there was some weird judgment too in our society of like, oh, well, you know, men and women can't connect as friends this way. And I'm like, well, actually, I grew up pretty much with like my best friends equally I was always like in a boys club I was a tomboy I played sports like and I just feel like there's been this shift since becoming a mom too of like well the only people who can relate to you now are women and who understand and I'm like well no yeah no that's not my truth I love that we're having this conversation because actually this just feels so right right now for where we're at and it just feels like like, this is our next chapter too I'm realizing to really start honing in on well, you know, and and you're also highly evolved. So to know to know to know that, meaning like um you get where you're coming from and, and how there are no boundaries. Well, excuse me, there's no differences between men and women, but you also have experiential discerning boundaries of like, oh, here's how I function and operate. So there doesn't become a blurred line like a lot of people who judge yes. when they're because the reason why that there's ever issues between men and women being friends or other things is that somewhere along the line, maybe there wasn't boundaries or there right. wasn't like there was some yeah. weird unknown or just yes. societal stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the evolution of, you know, being adults and being experienced and being a mom or a parent, you know, and all that stuff play to it, too. So. Yeah. Um, and then so now and now. So so you you had don't call me mommy studios the content creation of that like that that studios and all that stuff and then um now you've got this new show that's coming out on thursday you want to talk about that let's talk about that let's talk about that so it's called off duty 
It's on a brand new platform called Telly, T-E-L-L-I-E. You download it in the App Store. But here's what's crazy about it. It is all live and it is 100% interactive. So the audience will be informing the show. They'll be guiding the show. Oh, that's awesome. They'll be throwing out questions to our guests. And we're calling it kind of a comedy variety show. So it's going to have <laughs> weird musical bits and segments. There's going to be like late, kind of like late, late show. Yeah, late night. Late night, saying, show, late night yeah. show games. Yeah. Um, and like lots of kind of deep dives like this with our guests. And something else that's exciting is, you know, there's going to be opportunities for guests to win prizes. We have a lot of celebrities coming on. Our first guest is Kat Sadler, who, again, for me, like, is this amazing person I've looked up to for a long time with the choices she's made, and she's just super badass. And her fans can, like, literally talk to her that's during our awesome. show and drive the content. And, like, if they want to switch gears, they can. And, again, giveaways are going to be super, super fun. Um, we have Ben Higgins from The Bachelor coming on to talk about Again, a topic that I think is very on point, which is modern dating. Because just because you've had yes. kids doesn't fucking mean you're not back out in the dating pool. And that shit's confusing. So he's going to talk to us about, like, all that. Um, you know, Kat represents to me modern family. Like, she's, you know, divorced from her husband. She has a boyfriend. They share, her and her ex share two kids. It's all very peaceful and awesome. And I think that's something also to look up to. Because families look so different right now. And we want to speak oh, to yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. And it's the first mobile interactive show ever so nice. it's really fun because it feels like a fun playground again it's like it's this whole new territory mm -hmm. for us and we're stoked and there's awesome people on the platform as well yes there is um well another thing i wanted to mention yes okay. there's awesome people on the platform but if you miss a <laughs> I show i was queuing you up I'm like, like, and no. okay like if you if you can't make our so our first show is at 7 p.m uh pacific time which will be eight o'clock here in Arizona. Um, if you can't make that show, you can go on the app the next day and it links you to a YouTube link. So you, we'd love you to interact live, but if for some reason you can't, you're not going to miss a show. Also, like Jana Kramer has an amazing show right now. It's all about relationships. Um, it's with her husband. Oh my God, with her husband. It's shot in Nashville. And, and they I, get real. They get real. Mm. I think that's the thing about being married. People think, oh, you, you don't go through your own stuff. And it's really refreshing to watch two married people have like real conversations about the heavy stuff. Right. So, married people go through all the same things yeah. that people who are dating go through, that people who just, like, it's all the same. Yeah. You're just married. Yeah. Eternity. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to, you know, a small thing like communication and yeah. uh, he yeah. heal yourself throughout the process and, you yeah. know, hope that the other keeps doing the same and, you know, exactly. that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And that's this Thursday. This Thursday. That's I amazing. think the day this podcast comes out. So, yes. so yeah. exciting. So everybody listening now, as you're hearing this, go to the app right now. And it's the Tele app, yeah. right? Uh -huh. T-E-L-L-I-E. T-E-L-L-I-E. Off-duty. Off-duty. Yeah. It would also uh, be cool. Guys, go and head to our Instagram page. It's at Don't Call Me Mommy. We share everything on there. We share our stories. We share our lives. We share our comedy. Uh, so if you go on there, you won't miss a thing. And also, you can subscribe to our website. It's dcmm.tv. If you subscribe, we promise you, you will not miss a giveaway. You won't miss anything. Uh, and I was also going to ask you what your personal um, IGs as well, too, yeah. because I, I know the audience might want to interact with you or watch the show or yes. ask questions or just follow in general because they're really loyal. Yes. Like, and like you, I interact with everybody on my page. I like live. Same. I live for the messages. I am. I'm here for all of it. So I am at Haley, H-A-E-L-Y, White, W-H-I-T-E. I'm going to spell skin. mine for you a couple times because my last name's complicated. <laughs> uh, mine is at... Gutstadt, G-U-T-S-T-A-D-T. -T -T. And yes, that's my God-given name. That's a good name. It's a good Gutstadt. name. Gutstadt. Gutstadt. Um, and 
so besides the show, anything else coming up? Like you guys are kind yeah. of on a small little mini press uh, tour yeah. here, it seems like. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We have a column in, um, I'd say it's the top millennial mom magazine right now it's called romper and it's called everything's embarrassing and yeah. we have a regular column <laughs> in there awesome. which i we're stoked it's so about cathartic oh my oh. god i just wrote about having to milk myself into a toilet yeah so, there story. you go you're welcome matt thank you for yeah. that no one talks about that though but i will but i wrote about um there's someone, an ig live yeah. on that though <laughs> <laughs> hey guys watch <laughs> for my live this week from the bathroom <laughs> milking myself mm. um mine was definitely about uh you know when someone congratulated me on my pregnancy three months after i had my child so that was nice so that, that was, was nice. nice yeah so that's kind of our fun place um yeah romper you can check that out and we have a series with fab fit fun called literally obsessed literally it's basically just sam and i riffing on things that we're actually obsessed with like random shit like get ready for some mall santas mall guys. santas to blue light glasses it's just fun it's just yeah. us so yeah i love it so i love it and there's actually um a lot of really great content in that you know what i mean nice. and just like the most random yeah well yeah it's funny somebody once asked me like what are you gonna do when you run out of content? I'm like, how could you possibly run out Never. of content? That's how I feel. Yeah. Right. It's, well, you mentioned some everything. of the earlier, you know, about how like, because there's there's just so much out there, and I'm like, if you are alive and breathing, you're not gonna run out. No. Just so solely having interaction with people daily, I'm like, that's gonna go on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, also, don't call me mommy's foraying into the TikTok world. Ayo. We're gonna be nice. doing some content for a media partner. We'll announce soon, but we're gonna be doing. A, a whole lot of TikTok Watch videos. moms try to figure out TikTok. That's just going to be, fun. Gonna be yeah. Right. I'm in the middle of it, too, as well. I'm working on it as well. It so seems it's like, like fun, you know, though. For me, yeah. yeah, another playground. Yeah, another yeah, playground. Right? And it's, you know, it's kind of the, the necessary media evil. Yeah. And, and as long as, you know, we're out here creating and not just getting stuck in the consuming, I think we're all good here. Yeah, so, amen. Uh, thank you. I, I want to thank you guys both because, I mean, you're coming in from L.A. You know, I know you're on like a little bit of a press tour. So thank you for coming to the studio this personally. Has been a pl- also, these are conversations that we never get to this have my talking Matt. about our stuff. So thank Thank you for thank showing you. up and going deep. That, well, thank you for <gasps> for being willing to you know talk about those too because like I, I you know I don't want the the podcast to be like everybody else's podcast, especially if other people are hearing your story. Cool, go, they can go hear that That's version over there because it's not. Yeah, yeah. So. Thank you, thank you. I received, received. While we're saying. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you both. Um, you're both welcome back on anytime. You know, it's a journey driven podcast, so I tell yeah. my guests this all the time. Like, if you want six months from now, a year from That's now, cool. three months from now, whatever, you have something major coming out, just you know, give a call. And be like, show up hey, at your can... house, hey man. Yeah, yeah, We're literally. Here. I, I I tell every guest that because uh, it's this is going. This it's is always infinite. Changing, it's always right? changing, right? It's infinite. So it's not like a, let's just get your story next. It's like a hey, let's all evolve together, right? So I appreciate you both. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Preach. Boom. Mic drop. Preach. Uh, so thank you. So for Ma- for Samantha Goodstat, did I get that right? You Goodstat? did. All right, cool. And for Haley White, um, the the Don't Call Me Mommy Studio, they've got um, uh, was off duty on this Thursday. The Tele app, T E L L I E. Uh, make sure you download that. But more importantly, just go interact with them. Go check them out at Goodstat G U T S T A D T on Instagram and at Haley White, H-A-E-L-Y-W-H-I-T-E. Go check her out. Don't call me mommy on uh, Instagram as well, too. Uh, just ch- just Google them. <laughs> you'll find everything <laughs> that you need. <laughs> Don't go too deep, but just Google them and you'll find everything you need. I appreciate you both. For myself, Matt Gosman, for Hustle Sold Separately, we are out. Peace. <laughs>